Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. Everybody, welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Uh, I've got a very welcome face has returned today. We're all very happy to see Cam. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Welcome back, Cam. Thanks. This is Ray in London, Steve in London, and Cam in Florida. Hello, guys. Um, we seem to be doing this again. We're talking about another Spurs defeat in a final, although we haven't had that many finals. Um, let me go through the teams. I'm going to try and do it through... Um, Try and do it through my memory. So we've got Lloris in goal, back, right back, Aurier, centre backs, Dyer and Aldevira, left back, Reguillon, midfield of Winks and Hoybieg, back, um, top three of Sun, uh, Mora and Loselso, and up front, Harry Kane returned from injury. So that was the, uh, the lineup. Cam, uh, do you want to give us a few stats? It's an easy day for me for stats because Tottenham are really pro prolific when it comes to um, trophies. We have won the uh, League Cup four times. Um, I believe Steve and me were there when we won it in uh, against Leicester, I think, 1999. Yeah. Um, I will remember being there with Steve in 2009 when we lost um, penalties to Man United when Aaron Lennon missed an open goal. Um, we then lost in 2015, I believe, but this is another loss. So win four times, lost the final five times. Okay, that's great. our league record. Any match stats, or we haven't got the match stats? Really, I mean, I haven't really got the match stats, but okay. I mean, possession-wise, I mean, <laughs> it was like something like seventy-five to twenty-five. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we can talk about the match stats as we go along, because I mean, it's, I can it's, call out the match stats here, guys. I think it's important that we tell our viewers what the match stats were. But you guys, um, sorry. So, uh, so okay, so let me go through the match stats. So I'm going to take Cam's place for today. So possession-wise, they had, Man City had 62%. We had 38%, which is better than what I thought it would. They had 21 shots. We had two. They had four on target. We had one. They had eight corners. We had three. They got 11 fouls. We got 11 fouls. So let's talk start with Steve first. Steve, talk through the lineup, and then I'm going to come to Cam about his thoughts. What do you think about Rayson, my, oh. Ryan? Ryan oh, Rayson's lineup. Well, um, it looked, had, a, had a definite Mourinho tinge to it, didn't it? Um, Bale didn't start. I thought he would start. Um, he didn't. I wondered if Kane was fully fit, to be honest. I suspect he wasn't 100%. But then I suspect De Bruyne wasn't 100% either. Um, oh, dear. We still had Aurier in there. Uh, he didn't go with Ndombele, which I thought might give us a bit of something else other than, you know defend and see what happens. Um, so I think it was an uninspiring lineup, really. Aurea, I think, is just, he should go now, really. Um, you still think that Song, Kane and Lucas on their day could, could do something, though. So, you know, in terms of, of the lineup, I thought we might get something on the break here. Okay. Uh, the rest of it was very much a Mourinho lineup, I would say. Yeah. Cam, your thoughts on the lineup? Well, my thoughts on the lineup were—I have to mention this about Lacelso. I thought Lacelso should be renamed the Ghost because he appeared on the team sheet and then disappeared for 45 minutes. 
reappeared. Down the shop. <laughs> that was the second half. Reappeared for a couple of t- a few times where he misplaced the ball and gave it to back to City straight away, and then disappeared again. Um, I really had to think twice and even notice that he was on the pitch. So I'll name him Ghost One, and I'll name Son Ghost Two because he seemed to have a really great ability to avoid the ball. I think he was playing dodgem. He wasn't playing football. Um, and with, when you have two of your key players completely AWOL in the first 45 minutes, you saw what we saw, which was a team which, um, if City had just woken up a bit, they could have been 5 nil up in about 20 minutes. So the, yeah. for me, the lineup, um, glad Amdombele wasn't there. But these two really in the lineup, after their performance, I, I was very disappointed. I thought Bell should have started. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what I thought, I, I wouldn't have started Los Celso. I would have started on, on Dombele. I know, Cam, you don't like him, but he gives you that little bit of, you know, you don't know what. He can make the killer pass into the centre. So, And I would definitely have started Bale. I would definitely have started Bale on that. Uh, Aurier, I think we've got no choice. We don't have any other right-backs. So other than that, I agree with the team. Oh. But let's let's go through the first half then, Steve. I mean, pretty much one-way traffic. I mean, one of the commentators said it was attack against defence. Well, we know what happened, yeah. Steve, but let me ask you, why do you think it happens? Is it Man City are so good, or did we play into their hands? What do you think? I, I'm sure, I'm sure, well, look, Man City are good. But have I seen them? I must. Uh, have I seen them play against a team like Spurs playing like that? I'm not sure I have. Um, you know, would Fulham or Sheffield United put up such a a limp display? I'm not sure they would have done. You know, but teams like Burnley, West Brom would have, they would have stood toe-to-toe against them, and we didn't. We backed off. We gave them possession. The only times we did get a little bit of possession, they fouled us because they didn't like that. They don't like you getting possession. And Mora got kicked three or four times. Hmm. Um, and I will say I thought Mora was our only player who was giving them any trouble at all. He was going past players, and they were I think they were nervous of him. But apart from that, absolutely nothing. I don't know what the game plan was. I mean, if it was to try and sniff out a chance from a corner, we weren't having any corners. Or from a free kick, we weren't having any free kicks. We lost possession on the edge of our box. That's what we did. We played it short and lost possession in our half. That's what we did. I thought, well, let's go long and lose possession in their half. At least they've then got to come forward a bit to get to, to, a, to get a shooting opportunity. I thought I couldn't see what the tactics were. Um, I don't know why Tanganka wasn't playing again because I thought he's he's solid. And he gives us something that Aurea doesn't if he plays in that position. Kevin De Bruyne wasn't on fire today. No. I know he got in the second half he got an assist, but he wasn't. But then he could make he could miscontrol the ball, and we weren't close enough to him to get it. We were yeah. standing off them all the time. We were lucky to go in nil nil at half time. But why were we standing off them, Steve? You know why did we? Because it's not I Mourinho. Can't blame Mourinho for this. No, this is. I mean, all I can think of is that. They're not. They're not going to play for for Mason. I don't know who they're going to play for. Mm. Um, they were slow, disinterested. I would say. Yeah, I didn't think um, that it's the first cup final. God knows how long. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't. I couldn't believe it. I mean, we we wear our heart on our sleeves, don't we, as Spurs fans? And the one yeah. thing we do ask is commitment and effort. Yeah. We can understand it if you aren't skillful, you haven't got the pass on you that De Bruyne has, but you're going to try. Please try. And we were screaming at the screen to try, and we didn't do it. So I don't know what the um, the tactics were. I know we're going to come on to the second half, because I think some major errors were made there by Mason. Um, okay. 
I, I don't know where we were where we were going to go in the second half after that appalling display in the first. Cam, what do you think our tactics were in the first half? Because well, I was I mean, struggling to find out where they were. We weren't pressing. Yeah, I mean, we weren't doing view, anything. My view is in a team which is catastrophically known for so many mistakes at the back, um, keep playing out from the back. Every time we got the ball, the only possession we actually had from that 38% that you mentioned, Ray, was in our own penalty area and probably just outside and in our third of the pitch. Um, and we were just passing it backwards and forward. But I, can, I, can, I mean, it was no surprise. Every time we did get a free kick, whether from Moro or whatever near the um, centre circle, what did we do with it? Get it back to Lloris. Yeah. And it went back to Lloris. And every single move that City made can be tracked back from us trying to play out from the back and just basically handing them the ball, whether it was Loselso, whether it was anybody else in midfield, would just pass the ball straight to a City player and they'll come and attack again and then we'll defend again. That's all we did in the first half. I believe we had one shot in the first half, which was Toby off yeah. target. And it was the only time, I think, after 38 to 39 minutes that we actually broke into their half. Now, I've seen David versus Goliath matches before. We all have. And I can assure you, that if that was Grimsby Town, bottom of the third division playing against Manchester City in this cup final, they would have been in that half more than we were. And that is a question we need to ask ourselves because, you know, sometimes you just have to give it all and you just go for it. Yeah. I can see the few goals back behind you because they're better than you. But, I mean, did we even get into their half in 40 minutes? What would the, the game plan for me was bore them to death. And then maybe they might make a mistake we might get a goal. I mean, I cannot see any other game plan. But don't you think that we, that is, defence deserves some credit? They had a bit of luck. There was a bit of last-ditch defending and blocks in there, so they did some good stuff, didn't they, to stop them scoring? Steve? Well, I would say the two players who, strangely enough, came out of it, I think, with a reasonable amount of credit were actually Dyer and Toby in terms of their defence play. I think their movement of the ball once they got possession when we were moving forward was too slow. Um, But, yeah, I think they did okay. I thought Aurea was utterly shocking. Um, yeah. Redley on huffed and puffed, but was pretty unproductive, and I think made a, a mistake early on, which I couldn't understand what he was doing. Um, yeah. So, in def- defensively, Ray, I would say the centre backs did the best they could. Larice made a good couple of saves as well, but you don't win games by your centre backs playing. I don't know, blocking a couple of shots and the goalkeeper making a few saves. Cam, going in nil nil in the you know after the first half, you'd have thought we would have said, okay, we got lucky here. They were a bit prof- profligate in front of goal. We had some good blocks. Let's actually go for it in the second half. What did we actually do, Cam, in the second half? Well, I did thought we... that the game plan was similar to the one against Southampton, where first half we were woeful, horrible, terrible. <laughs> Excuse me, and then made a comeback in the second half. Um, and I think in the first ten minutes that we started, we did make a comeback because we actually got into their half. And Los also actually had a pretty good one shot yeah, on the, uh, on target, which the goalkeeper actually had to make a save. And I think that was our only shot during the whole game. Um, so from that first 10 minutes, it felt like, hey, maybe, you know, this was the game plan all along, wear them down in the first half and then sucker punch them in the second half. And probably that's what the game plan was. Unfortunately, it didn't work because you are playing City. And the only way I think that you could play City, as even though um, Villa lost, was by, by high pressure. 
we don't we you don't high press a team in your own penalty box. And that's what we were doing. I mean, there was nobody in the, in the, in their in their in the, in their half of the field that could hold the ball. Son's inability to hold the ball completely. I mean, he was like, "Don't pass me the ball, whatever you do." Kane looked like, I mean, half the player that he was, and probably hasn't trained, was injured, and he can't do everything himself. And uh, um, Mora kept falling over. I know he he had the ball a lot more, but he was straight over, and I think he didn't get half the fouls that he expected to get because they weren't fouls. He just went over. Yeah, I think the, the the disappointing thing for me was when we did move the ball quickly, we were able to make some really good possession. We got the ball forward quickly, we passed it quickly, and then we didn't know what to do with it. So the ball came back to Toby and to Dyer, and, you know, the usual rubbish happened. So I'm not sure what the game plan was, even if there was a game plan there. So, um, but again, let's talk about the, you know, I, I think we were a bit better in the second half, but Steve, talk us through the, oh, I don't know what my camera's gone off for. Apologies, guys. We can see you. Fine. Yeah, we can see yeah. you. So, yeah. so I'm not sure. Um, talk, Steve, talk us through the second go- to the first goal. Sorry, talk us through the goal. Indeed, the, and, only, you know, the only goal. The yeah. Only goal, um, yeah. Well, what we had story. was I think uh, I think it was Sterling racing down um, the uh, the left hand side of the Man City pitch, and yeah. Oreo was um, chasing after him, and uh, even though he was not facing the goal and was in a uh, not a particularly dangerous position, decided to foul him. Um, at the time, I thought, why on earth would you do that? And I thought, well, well, at least they don't have the best free kick taker in the league. Oh, hang on a minute, they do. Uh, I, I, what do you? I mean, I just idiot isn't the isn't isn't a phrase that describes that behaviour enough. But it was utterly idiotic. And then, of course, we get um, we get De Bruyne on the ball, and I think it was Sissoko who was supposed to put in a challenge to their centre half. And sort of jumped around a bit, wriggled, I would say. I mean, he's, he's, he's a lightweight, isn't he, Sissoko? You couldn't expect him to compete with anyone. I mean, the man is built like a, uh, you know, like yeah. a, a heavyweight boxer. He must be able to put an oncoming centre half off his stride to stop him from putting the ball into the net. And, uh, that, and that's exactly what happened. I think Holbier was on the, on the post as well, but of course he left a nice little gap between himself if and he stayed. If he'd stayed on the pole, he hocks it off the line. He does, yeah. It would have hit him and gone away. That's what you. That's why you have people on the pole to to become another part, an extension of the post, rather than to be an extension of the net. I I mean, I just despair with it, really. But we didn't. We didn't deserve it, did we? No. Um, I mean, mean, going back to your thing, just I just want to say one thing about we had a break in the second half where I think Kane had the ball and Kane delayed a lot um, on chances. And he saw that Hoybier was on the on the left of him and thought, oh. I can't really pass it to him because what's he going to do? In the end, he felt he had to. And he did. And then with Reglion coming on the overlap, uh, Holbo put a perfect ball out of play. And it was a ball any three of us in a five-a-side game could have played and we could have got the, cor- the correct weight on. We were shocking, I'm afraid. And I think the only reason Kane delayed that pass was because he thought, I can't give it to any of these players. Yeah, I mean, Sissoko is the same guy who didn't jump with Balboina when uh, we were 3-0 up and they brought it back to 3-1. So he just obviously can't defend, so I don't know what he's doing in there, but we'll come back to those guys. Yeah, Cam, I mean, let, me, let me talk before Cam does. I mean, again, I was just think, well, I think when it's, it's a question of when City score, not if they score. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think we had any 
any intent to try and press these guys, try and stamp our authority on the guys. Why don't we put them on the back foot? Because that's, yeah. they're, they're not good when they're defending. They're only no. good when they're attacking. So why don't we attack them? All right, if we ship a goal, fine, but at least we die trying, don't we? But it's again, I, I would have thought Ryan Mason would have been more attacking, but again, it looked like a Mourinho team to me, yeah. just sitting oh. back. Cam? I mean, uh, what I feel for, for Mason, I feel a lot for Mason. He bought Delion, who did absolutely nothing. Again, he was another ghost who disappeared. Oh, he didn't um, have long, though, did he? And then he bought, Berg, he bought Bergwijn on for two minutes. What can you do in two Bergwijn minutes? Can do, uh, fair enough for Bergwijn. I think that the move to bring Sissoko on must have been the most shocking one of all. Okay, you start with your team that you start with. We didn't agree with it. Fair enough. But if you are in the situation which you are in, then surely that was a game where you would have put Lamella in. At least he'll hustle, he'll bustle, he'll do something. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody knew that Sissoko would do exactly what Sissoko did, which is just be a lump in the midfield. And uh, um, fair enough if we're 2-0, 3-0 up, and you put Sissoko on to maybe break stuff up like that. But if you're in a cup final where you have to score the goal yet, and you need someone to hustle in their half of the pitch, and this is the main point I'm trying to make, in their half of the pitch, then you would have probably wanted someone like Lamella. The fact that all the game was played in our half of the pitch makes it a completely one-sided game. And I think that if um, Sterling had his shooting boots on, Myron had his shooting boots on, and Lloris actually was probably pretty outstanding, we were looking at our 6-7-0 defeat today. Yeah, could have been a cricket score there, yeah, definitely. So we lose again, Steve, as normal. I mean, just a quick question now. Let's not talk about the match anymore because it's all depressing. We know what happened. Are these team? Is this team a team of bottlers? Though are they just cannot get it? When it comes to big matches, they just don't have the the intestinal fortitude or the experience or whatever you want to call it to actually get over the line. Is that what we're talking about here, or what's the problem? I mean, it looks like that, doesn't it? It's the classic Spursy stuff. <coughs> I, I just I longed for a you know a strong captain in midfield who was prepared to shout at them and get them to move. You know, there were, I mean, in the, in the first half, I think Aurea made one of his many mistakes. And if I'd been there, no, it was a free kick. He gave away, I was it more, I think I gave a free kick on the edge of the box and you've still got De Bruyne there. And in fact, the, the wall blocked it. But if I, you know, we need a captain who goes up to him and screams at him. That was Lacelso, you know, actually. Was it Lacelso, was it? Who yeah, yeah. pokes him in the chest and says, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. Why on earth would you do that? We need that and we don't seem to do that. Periodically, Hoybier clenches his fist and growls, but it's not the same, is it, as getting getting no. hold of your players who aren't performing by the scruff of the neck and getting them to perform. You almost want them to be scared of you to get them okay. to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cam, let's, let's, let's not talk about the match anymore. Where do we go from here, Cam? Top four is not going to happen. Where, where do we go from here? I mean, I'm glad that you asked me. I'd like to say a couple of things about that. One is, um, I mean, I, I do admire Ndombele for one thing. He's been the um, catalyst for getting rid of two managers, destroying uh, uh, Pochettino, who put all his faith, tried him, tried him, tried him, and, uh, and Mourinho. And let's see who's going to be his third victim. So it'll be good to see if we can get uh, some change in that thing. Lo Celso came to us with a lot of promise, Hit the, uh, was in the midfield in the Argentinian team. He was playing pretty well. It's not happened since. Yeah, he got injured. But why is it that these players with so much promise come to Tottenham and become worse players rather than better players? And that is becoming a big issue for us. Because can you name a signing in the last two years, three years, that you've been excited about? Or that you can think that, that we've brought somebody in that, that is actually transformative for the team? 
that has made the team any better than it is. Every single person we've signed has actually started off pretty well, maybe, but why not another example and have just deteriorated what's coming into Tottenham. So there is some rot going on somewhere within the team, where it is, what it is, but I think that that rot really needs to be rooted out because we could bring in all these players, but we know what's going to happen to them. They're going to become Spurs players and they're going to be useless. And um, I can't think of any other team uh, signed the players that we have, none of which, none of which has set any of us alight or any of us would probably put on our team sheet to be in the first team next season. And that really has got to say something about the state of the team. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we haven't talked about the ESL. We don't want to talk about it. But Steve, where do we go from here now? We're going to be closing it now because I'm too depressed to talk anymore. But tell well, us where we, we go. Yeah. Where do we go from here now, Steve? Well, I would say that we've got a caretaker manager. We need to get a manager who is going to oversee. Who do you want, Steve? Who do you want? Tell us who you want. I, I don't know. I know that we talked Potter? about. Oh, would he come? I don't know. Is he too ex- inexperienced? No. Brendan well, Rodgers. Come to you, we talk about these managers. I don't know. Well, I just want a manager who is coming and is prepared to get rid of them. Well, let me ask it's you a question, Steve. Is yeah. Tottenham such a big draw anyway? Why would Brendan Rodgers leave Leicester I know. to come to Tottenham? I know. Le- Le- yeah. No, Leicester are, be- are a better team. We're, we're delusional yeah. at times, aren't yeah, we? Exactly, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. But having said that, what we do have is we have a fantastic ground. We have a fantastic training facility. Everything's there in place, um, including a massive debt, of course. But... We need someone, we need a strong manager who's going to take on what appears to be the dressing room and get rid of some of these players and be brave. Be, say to Son, you're coming off. If you play like that, you're coming off. You seem like you've just described Jose Mourinho there. No. No. Well, I do like to think that there would be some sort of idea about how you actually play football as well, <laughs> rather than yeah. whatever it was that Mourinho has done throughout his career. So who do you want to be the next manager, Steve? I'm going to come to get Cam's version as well. Oh, God. I I would I would I think Brendan Rodgers would be good actually because okay. I think it blends uh, robustness with football. Okay, good. Cam, where do we go from here, and who do you want as the next manager? Well, I think that that we're moving probably much more closer, and I think that my understanding is that, that someone like Clinton is probably somebody who's available, who's got experience, who's managed a number of um, national teams, and not scared of uh, rocking the boat. That could come in and maybe make a difference. Um, so being realistic, we know that he's available, he could do it. I would probably go for someone like Scott Parker. I would definitely not go for Brendan Rodgers because what has he actually done? Um, and any manager that's sitting at Leicester saying he's not interested in the Tottenham job, why would we be interested in that manager in the first place? Okay, uh, so Nagel's not would, mm. was... would be an ideal person, but with the vacancy at Bayern Munich, you just don't know. So those have been my three choices. But I'd have to agree with Steve. It's not just about the dressing room, uh, because the dressing room is a mess. It's about the players' lack of of, of enthusiasm, lack of uh, ability, and the lack of drive and energy on the pitch. I mean, so, you know, one of the commentators today described the Tottenham performance as Tottenham Hotspurs. They're like a submissive team. We're like the one that likes to be beat. We're the one that likes to roll yeah. over and get, take it. Um, and you know. Submissive teams don't win anything. No. Submissive no, teams don't get anywhere. And if no. anything you can say about Spurs this season, we're the submissive team. Yeah. And you know, and I don't like that. Nobody yeah. feels good about being uh, being like that. But yeah. that's that defines us down to a T. Yeah. 
So my, uh, in terms of who I want, I've got three options here. I've got, and you're going to laugh at me, Steve, so hold your laughter for the moment. I want uh, Graham Potter, it could be a good option. Eddie Howe is another option. And then maybe potentially uh, uh, this the, the manager of, uh, oh, sorry, Julian Nagelsmann's an option. I don't think Nagelsmann's going to come. So I would want Eddie Howe. Or Graham Potter. These are the types of guys, you know, who are going to look up to Spurs. They want to come to Spurs and actually achieve something. People like Nagelsmann is just a, it's just a stepping stone to Bayern or a bigger team. People like Hedy Howe and Graham Potter, they'll actually want to achieve something at Tottenham. And I think they'll be more driven to do it. But again, the real problem is not the manager, the players. The real problem is the board who will not invest in players and not will sort it out. I mean, look at on Dombele. He was like a world beater when he was playing for that French club against Man City. They beat Man City home and away. He was a world beater. He comes to Tottenham and he's just rubbish. I mean, it's something that we do, that's, as Cam said, it's rooted in our club that we need to get rid of. Now, there's been lots of protests about Enoch out, Enoch, they're not going anywhere. They don't want to sell. So, I mean, I think we've got mid-table mediocrity to look forward to, unfortunately. We're not mm. going to get top four this year. We'll be lucky if we get Europa League. So that's where we are. Uh, let's get your final thoughts on the match. I'm not going to do takeaways because it's just yeah. depressing. What's your final thoughts, Steve? And then we'll close it. Well, I think it's, um, it's, it's moving on from Kamal's point about being submissive. We played like um, we'd been caught in the corner by the school bully. And if we gave them our sweets, they wouldn't punch us as hard. Mm. And that's how we played and how we behaved. Um, and there's no passion. There's no pride. I, I think there should be some self-pride from the players as well. You know, if the manager tells you to do something and it's not working, you take it into your into your own hands to try and perform and make things happen. We did none of that. Yeah. Cam, your final thoughts on the match and just generally in Tottenham? Uh, my final thought, and, 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 and I know it's going to surprise you, Ray, because you don't know like this, but I thought Harry Winks did pretty well today. Um, <laughs> and compared to how bad he is. We're getting somewhere when we're praising Harry Winks, I tell you. The, the bar is so low, it's unbelievable. The bar is so low. And with that low bar, he uh, he could have gone underneath it. But I think that actually was a bright light today. And um, I'm hoping that this is um, the beginning of something good for Tottenham. Uh, the takeaway here is, is that we've got better players playing for other teams than we are playing for us. And by that, I mean skip, Sessignon, get some of this rot out and bring our own players home. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, guys, then, you know, I, don't, I, I can't but echo what everybody said here. So um, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Thanks to all our YouTube viewers, our podcast listeners. It's very, very good to have Cam back. Welcome back, buddy. Good to thank see you, your, yeah. your health. Steve, thank you again very much. Thanks. Goodbye from Ray in London. Steve? Goodbye from Steve in London. And I'm going to leave the final word to Cam. Yeah, goodbye from uh, Florida, and even though we lost today, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you, come Spurs. On, you Spurs. No, I want come on, you Lily, Lily White, Steve. Come on, come on, you Lily Whites. Love it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye bye. You've been listening to the Spurs ninety five oh one podcast. Stay in touch. Continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.